0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: you're listening to the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast
2: this is paul hawksby <laughs>
1: Andy jacobs.
2: and this is the h&j daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show <laughs> tom carriage joined us in the studio he did the chef restaurateur loves his uh, rugby as well he joined us for a bit of a chat yeah he's got a new book, new book out, out he was good, on good form useful. um we had a bit of a chat about various things yes, uh, I had a bit of a moan didn't we we had, had a I'm bit of a moan about me. chelsea as uh, as you can imagine
1: get used to it there'll be a regular currency yeah season.
2: yeah we heard, we heard from the um the victor in a game his name's not victor in a game <laughs> where a team bowled another team out for nine runs I know. and he talked us through The circumstances of that. Unfortunately. I think that'll do you.
1: Yes, that's it.
2: Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And Richard's been in touch. He said there was a Chelsea fan on earlier saying... I'm going to have a rant and I thought about Crocodile Dundee and Andy Jacobs saying that's not a
1: rant this is a rant <laughs> <laughs> no no all I can say is how long is it to the World Cup <laughs> you can't wait for the you're oh, counting yeah. down the days it's not like. bad is it when your season's over after five games tremendous yeah, I think you're overreacting possibly yeah. you've got some big signings oh, coming in the only in. thing is we have lost two teams who I think will be in the bottom six in the relegation mix so where does that leave Chelsea I mean I, I honestly you know i I've, it's so frustrating I, I reckon that Roman and Brambridge probably said sent Todd Bowley a text last night saying, What are you waiting for? Yeah get you reckon? rid, oh, get go- rid well he'll give be he'll be given time. it's a long season, yeah. but there are lots of problems, and I'm not a fan of people who blame other people when it's their responsibility, yeah. you know, basically, the team don't look fit, they don't look as fit as the teams that we're playing. Not as energetic. Whose fault's that? That's Tuchel's fault. Why are you picking players who want to leave? Yeah. Why are you picking Ziek? Why are you picking Pulisic? I've got a message for Pulisic. That's Billy well, he signed a new deal, didn't he? He signed a new deal. Should never have been given a new deal. But I've got a message for Pulisic's dad. Basically, stop saying your son should be in the team. Have you seen him play, mate? He's dreadful, honestly. <laughs> OK. But the we, old man Pulisic's listening this afternoon. I'm sure I'd given a right spring in his step. Chelsea have got good players. Yeah. But when good players don't play well, you have to question the manager. Mm. You know, last night you could have picked Brozier up front and he could have played Hazard. Not Hazard. I wish it was Hazard. <laughs> Havert, <laughs> Hanks, Freudian slip. Havertz, ro- wide left. Because yeah. he plays like a winger anyway. So why play Ziyech? What, what's the point of that? Um, and Mount, I mean, if Mount doesn't pick up, I don't think he'll go to the World Cup. but He's absolutely terrible. I don't know what's happened to him. But this has got to be down to Tuchel. You can't... All these good attacking players, they can't all be rubbish. There must be something. Two weeks ago, Andy, absolute
2: tactical masterclass against Tottenham, a game you should have comfortably won. I mean, showing the best of what the guys are capable of.
1: But they only play... That was a game because they they were up for it, like they would be against Liverpool. Mm. But they only play for like 20 minutes at a time. Like last night, the first 20 minutes, they were the better side. They deserved to go 1-0 up. I thought, oh yeah, they're playing quite well. And then it just gradually. Laquetta, that corner that Chelsea conceded the first goal from. It was because he didn't want to pass back to Mendy. I know. I said it should be a ten grand fine. That's true. You can't have you can't have your cake and eat it. But you said that, that was, 10, th- that pound was a point. joke. I mean, seriously, you've got to be able to pass back to your keeper. <laughs> and all he had to do, he had plenty of time. You got have pass back to him he looked at him and he thought no I'm not passing back to him I'm going to kick it out for a corner Mm. you do know that Ward Prowse takes corners for Southampton don't you (laughs) I mean absolutely (laughs) stupid it's incredibly stupid Mm. you know just lay it back to him let him boot it up the field we're still 1-0 up I just don't get it and then he clears it straight out (laughs) the clearance from the corner wasn't great either but in in general I mean well played Southampton they deserved to win Mm. they were far the better side should have been 4 really I know they had chances at the end didn't they 2 off the line and basically it wasn't like the Leeds game where we gave them gifts Southampton completely deserved to win and if I was I'd be very if I was Todd Bowley I'd be very worried because you know seven points from five games 33 games left that's a point a game to stay up but you know if you do bring Fafana in it looks like you will and I mean the Bamiyang's got a bit more complicated
2: after yeah. that awful story over in Barcelona and he's, he's got a broken jaw and he's out for a few weeks but I don't yeah. think that would
1: ultimately put them but off I don't think it, think it matters very I, when you've got a manager who I don't know something's gone there something's happened I don't know what it is but he cannot motivate this team and when you've got that it doesn't matter you've you got, got a lot signed. out as well. you've got a lot of injuries no you there a lot are mitigating there are mitigating missing, yes, circumstances that is for absolute sure you know the Equator should never be played shouldn't be near that team Reese James should have been playing uh, Chalabar Chelsea haven't lost when he starts I mean yeah. they haven't you know he's, he's a Decent player, and you know, they've got good players, as I say.
2: A worrying comment on Billy Gilmore because he said he had no other options. Well, he had Billy Gilmore, and we're going to talk transfers later on. You wonder, is he going to go out before tomorrow? Just because he doesn't seem to fancy him at all, does he? But in
1: the end, you know, you can't keep blaming everybody else. You've got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, What am I doing wrong here? Why am I not getting games out of these attacking players? Why is this team unfit? You know, you can't. I mean, yeah, he's been dealt a tough, you know, obviously, when Bravich left and all that. You know, it was a disaster and mm. very difficult for him. I mean, you've got to make allowances, but there's only so many allowances you can make. And when it, you when you're not getting effort, that is the worst thing for fans. Yeah, you know, when the when the team don't look fit, when they just the other teams are outrunning them, that you, is unacceptable. It's unacceptable.
2: Now, Andy, I don't know if this was your state of mind, but just before uh, just before our old mate Steve Form started his sports bulletin, we heard, you made this weird noise. Let's let's hear it back.
3: Lookers, a good deal, better. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite
1: brief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just, it's, well, it, yeah,
2: you yeah. knew what was coming, did you? That's <sighs> what it
1: was. I mean, that's the thing, you know, when I got into bed, I went to bed about 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock I am just lying there thinking, I haven't slept a wink. I'm sure it's Thomas Tuckle and the coaching staff sleep yeah. like babies. You I take know, it think, worse than one. That's the thing I was thinking about Mason Mount. I thought, I bet he's asleep. <laughs> God. <Gosh. laughs> Isn't it? What's anyway, happened to him, Come well, well, look,
2: Tom Rennie's going to join us shortly. He was at another game, but we are going to look back on last night's games and look at some of the main talking points, what we learned from those matches. Uh, before we do that, a couple of things to run past you. Were you ever in the sporting line of fire? Uh, this was a story from today's Telegraph. A council faces a £20,000 repair bill as golfers keep hitting the roof of an 800-year-old listed building. With with the balls, obviously. Wayward shot smash into the Spanish barn, part of 800-year-old... Uh, Tor Abbey a grade one listed building uh, in Tor Bay in Devon we could have had this as West Country corner if Charlie oh, yeah, was in a freedom of information request showed 31 incidents of golf balls striking the barn since 2017 Tor Bay Council now face a £20,000 repair bill saying the roof is leaking it's struggling to rent the barn out the barn underwent repairs costing twelve and a half grand for previous similar damage the golf course previously tried to fit nets to catch the errant balls but the council said the stakes holding the net would damage archaeologically Buried uh, sites underneath. So, really? yeah, apparently. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? You talk to anybody who lives in an old listed building, it, it's a minefield. Well, it might actually be a minefield. But, um, so we bring that up because have you ever been in the sporting line of fire? My, one of house I once lived in backed on uh, to a golf course mm. and occasionally I've, I remember playing football in the garden with my youngest son a golf ball just whizzed past his head because wow. if they shanked it I, I mean it was great for my golf playing mates because every three or four months I'd have a big bag of balls <laughs> for them because they'd come into my garden.
1: They're no good driving range balls though. No but
2: these drivers. weren't this wasn't a driving range it was a course. Oh it was a course. Oh yeah. Lots and lots of balls. Oh, yeah, it was okay. a decent shank to get into my garden I'll tell you that but anyway they managed it but whether you uh, you've been in that situation in the sporting line of fire whether it's cricket football golf whatever it is tell us your stories when uh, basically there were balls potentially whizzing past your head um, Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. And um, I found a list. We we just popped into the other studio uh, earlier on to have a conversation about today's show. And, and on the desk was a piece of paper. This is all it says. All right. It says Dino at the top. So I'm guessing this is something for our old mate Dean, Dean Saunders. Saunders yeah. right? It's a piece. Of, I don't know if it's his shopping list. If he is, I'm quite troubled. <laughs> it says Dino, tomatoes. It's a list. Red squirrel, rhubarb, sangria... Radishes, lobster, Little Red Riding Hood. Now, <laughs> if anybody can tell us what... The, is this, is this talking points? They've got to be
1: points? answers to questions, I think. Is
2: right? this talking points for Dean on the show? They're uh, Joining us now, the former uh, Liverpool and Aston Villa striker, Wales striker, Dean Saunders. Let's start with <laughs> tomatoes. Okay, tomatoes. Red squirrels. You don't see me. And he'll be doing <laughs> rhubarb. Yeah. Little Red... Uh, yes. Uh, is it a big fan? T- lobster. I'm not a big fan of lobster. Be, I'm sorry, Dean. is terrible impression. Um but you get the idea. Um what was that list all about? Let me remind you dino. Tomatoes, red squirrel, rhubarb, sangria, radishes, lobster, Little Red Riding Hood if you can make sense of that I've possibly, possibly blown <laughs> it quick possibly blown it quick what was Dino getting at what are they going to ask him about was it his list or did somebody compile it for him the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast making a welcome return to the studio is uh, chef and restaurant chat about his uh, new book t- uh, real life recipes Tom Carriage. hello Tom good to see you yeah,
4: good afternoon gents how are
2: you yes quite timely this I think um, because yeah. we are living in pretty straightened times and I, I'm, I'm looking at the book Uh, sort of ingredients-wise, it all seems quite manageable.
4: That's the whole point of it. It's the whole point of being able to... And it's called real-life recipes, and that's because... You know, we we are in a world right now. I mean, and the funny thing is, it takes, I mean, over a year to put a book together. And if you're in the food industry, you you can kind of see what's happening in the future. You can see what's going on. And during the lockdown, I did a lot of work and still continue to do that work for the full time meals campaign with Marcus Rashford that mm. we were doing together. And and we were putting together cost effective, budget pocket friendly recipes that were trying to work and trying to raise awareness of uh, uh, of um, the healthy start vouchers and and you could just feel that something was it, it wasn't you know we were going to get to this point mm. and it's it's even more timely now as we put these recipes together this is kind of a continuation of that and you look at television and you look at cookery books and quite often they're aspirational they're fun to be uh, they're, they're spaces that you want to go to you look at people you know you think oh i'd love to cook in that kitchen or what's the pan like there or what dishes are they cooking for the weekend but actually this book was about trying to make it you know it's a tuesday night you get in to work you from work you open a cupboard there's some pasta there some bits of bobs in there fridge what can you do how can you make something how can you cook it quite quickly Mm. we've all got busy lives, so it was that but at the same point trying to make it cost effective and using supermarket ingredients yeah yeah i
1: like that one uh, pantry spaghetti it was called and there's some really interesting i think that the chapter headings say a lot because you call it lunch and then you call it tea yes rather than dinner then you talk about something a a bit fancier but that that thing of saying tea. What's what's for tea?
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, we you know when you grow up and as a kid, you go what's for tea, mum? What's for tea? Like, like like it's not what's for dinner. I mean, yeah. not where I grew up anyway. <laughs> it was like what's for tea, and, and yeah. tea meant is it is it oven chips and, and fish fingers, or is it what is it? You know, those yeah. are the sort of thing. So it's trying to create that. It's it's about it connecting with everyday everyday ingredients, everyday people, but food that you can cook, something that you can have a go at, and honestly, using unashamedly supermarket ingredients like whether it's ready roll. Old pastries, whether it's jars of, of onion jam, whether it's pre-cooked beetroots, all of those sort of things to create a tea, to try to create something that works really nicely. And yeah, they, one of the titles is something a bit fancier, and that's like if you want to try a, ni- a nice roast or something for the weekend, but it is there for everyday yeah. kind of cookery.
2: When you when you go, you've, I know you've worked mm. on the corporate side so with football clubs and, and rugby clubs and etc. and uh, national teams, but I'm sure you've gone in when you're doing the stuff, maybe with Marcus Rashford, or you've gone in and you see what the players eat. You go in and see what they have for lunch and the way that's all set up. What do you make of that? Because obviously it's it, it's playing within an, an inch of its life because it has to be
4: nutritional and work for them. So. Well, I, I've been quite lucky. that I've, done, I've worked with quite a few different teams and people and individual players or whether it's teams. So, you know, we've been doing a lot of work with the England rugby team in the last se- last season. Um, and they're set up where they're based down in Pennyhill Park where they are. And they're set up at lunch times. You know, you go there and be part of the training and do whatever else. And then you see the food that they're having cooked and being cooked for them at lunchtime like all about nutrition all about the balance but they're such big blokes you know and, and the same as footballers mm. like everything is it's macro managed you know down to the what dishes what the sort of food they can eat but then at the same point after matches they, they can they go and have pizzas they a can go and have pies they can the, go and have whatever but they've used so much energy I mean some footballers run more than others <laughs> as you know but like if you if they've just run 12, 13, 14, 15k over a football picture pitch over 90 minutes you know you know you could you're allowed yourself a burger i think so uh, during the week during the training it, do, it does get managed very very well but i think after that after the game that they, they they're allowed a few treats yeah i
1: think chelsea's pre-match meal stew and dumplings you has been, <laughs> been right? slowing them down yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> not good really uh, you you touched on this about how much work it is and you said it took a year to do presumably you have to make everything in the book and Presume more than once, maybe Yeah,
4: absolutely. So, every the whole thing about cookery books is you want people to cook from them. You want i i, I try and write cookery books that I like the idea that people make them messy, that they get covered in drops of gravy or they're mm. covered in flour mm. and like butter and grease marks on them because they're getting used. Scribbles in them, and particularly this book, it's out there as a guideline. They're not recipes; are not the law. They're not there. This is it. This is how you have to do it. They're actually like, well, you know, this recipe says, you know, there's I don't know a barata and tomato salad in there but if you haven't got burrata use cottage cheese it doesn't matter if you haven't got like like it it doesn't matter what if you've got spice mixes in there it says you smoke paprika but you've only got cayenne pepper use a pinch of that no bother just have a go with stuff but you do have to you want to make sure that people can cook with them so you try all the recipes you write them you try them you test them and then every dish we photograph so you follow it from the recipe again so it gets tested a second time for the photograph and if something isn't right you adjust it again then to make it work so every single time all All the recipes are doable and they they work.
2: Are there a couple of, or a few cheap sort of staples, really, that keep coming up in in a lot of these recipes? Are there sort of ones that that you'd say try and get that in your cupboard because you can, it's pretty versatile. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of things like ingredient swaps or cheats that you can use and things that work really nicely in your cupboard. If you've got tins of pulses, pre-cooked like haricot beans or belotti beans or kidney beans, those sorts of, they're really good as fillers. They're great to make. You can do like salad stuff with them, but they'll also go through a tomato-based sauce that you mm. can turn into something vegetarian if you want or make into a chilli. There's something that adds, they're substantial. Things like... um again, things like different types of pasta. So, you know, pasta is always great, but there's a type of pasta called orzo, which is it's a little bit like a bigger grain of rice so that when you cook it, it kind of puffs up. But you don't normally cook it like normal pasta where you throw spaghetti into boiling water yeah. and then drain it. And then you put a ladle full or two of the sauce on the top, whether it's bolognese or whatever it is you mix with it. Actually, you put that pasta into the cooking sauce. And as it cooks, cooks in the heat and it thickens. So things like that, just a slightly different way of thinking. Packets of pre-cooked lentils Really, really simple thing to do that adds to your minced beef dishes, that pads them out, makes them more. Flavoursome is great. Texture is fantastic. They work really, really well. So things like that, store cupboard essentials are great. It
1: strikes me as well. This is a very different fare to the great British menu, which yeah. you, of course, are with the head yeah. judge on. and That's a fascinating programme as well. I mean, that is just on another level isn't it the, uh, not for not for normal people I think well no the
4: listen the, these, are, these are people that are the chefs that are competing in it are absolutely well the best chefs that we've got in the country competing from regionality and then trying to get their dishes onto a banquet which is absolutely outstanding and some of the cooking and some of the dishes that you taste and some of the ingredients are, like you can't buy in supermarkets the techniques you can't teach mm. overnight they're not something that you could pick up in a book they're professional experiences mm. these are people that a pros these are premier league chefs that are cooking for you yeah. so yeah to be there as a judge i've been very fortunate that i've been part of that program for about 10 11 years now from competing in it to being one of the mentors to now being the joke ju- one of the judges on it and sit there and you know you can see the journey and the rise of some of these young chefs and that are cooking on it and it is outstanding it's, it's some of the best cuisine you'll see you're quite a tough judge aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> no i well <laughs> as some people pointed that out and you go yeah but look I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm nearly 50 years old. Mm. My life has been about food for well over 30 years now. And you go, I've eaten in some of the best restaurants in the world. I've eaten in some of the most fantastic space. Some of the most incredible raw produce I've seen. Some of the most fantastic dishes I've come across. Like, so if you're going to give something 10 out of 10... Mm. Like, 10 out of 10 is no improvement. 10 out of 10 is the best thing yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. There's nothing better than 100%, is there? No, like, you know, I know we there's football <laughs> cliches where people go, yeah, I gave it 110%, well, there's no such <laughs> thing, right? 100% is exactly, that is the maximum. So 10 out of 10, mm. re, for a dish, really has to be something that I would... Travel the world to go and eat, yeah. So, look, seven out of ten is a pretty good score. Like, you know, seven yeah, yeah. out of ten is better than anything I got at school, I'll tell you that. So, it's like seven out of ten is not a bad score. So, if you're scoring sevens or eights on Great British menu, you're doing really well. Getting a ten is absolutely magic, <laughs> and, and that's what's
1: good about this book. I, I'd describe it as simple but tempting.
4: Well, yes. that's it. We want yeah. people to have a go at it and mm. do, feel comfortable and confident about cooking. That's what we want people to do. Get in the kitchen, enjoy it, but you know. It, it is real life recipes and it's therefore if you're thinking about you know the cost of living crisis it really is at the forefront of everybody's minds now and the rising cro- pricing in, in in terms of utilities bills and energy and and food costs and everything coming in this book will take a lot of the boxes for that it will keep you know one pan wonders single tray bakes you know which brings down on the, in terms of the utility your gas or electricity you're using the amount of washing up you got to do that's a, that's a big win
2: yeah yeah absolutely um well, last time we saw you I think was just sort of post-pandemic and there was this glut of people because you've a number of restaurants and pubs etc you you have, people weren't cancelling bookings they were booking stuff and then failing to cancel it. it was becoming a bit of a thing but has that got better as time has gone on or people still letting you down like that?
4: no no it's been it's been incredible I think there was not only you know I, I, I kind of tried to highlight it and then lots of other people within the industry pointed out and then many because it affects so many other different industries yeah, yeah. as well whether it's doctor's appointments or whether it's hairdressers or beauticians or anything that you make an appointment to and then don't turn up it's not the not turning up that's the problem it's the not letting those businesses yeah, yeah. know because then they can resell the the beauty spot or the space or you can resell the restaurant table you can resell the whatever so it's more about common courtesy actually you know if you'd invited me round your house on saturday night for dinner mm. and i was like yeah amazing i'll see you there and at eight o'clock and then i i just not turned up but you cooked dinner <laughs> yeah, for a yeah. like it's bad i would at least have the courtesy to give you a call and say listen something's come up i'm not going to be able to make it we all have things in our lives that change so yeah so but i think i think the pandemic kind of half brought out the worst in people and then i think as it kind of turned there was a lot of things that people recognize how many different businesses were affected by that how many different people are connected to human beings And you need that connection and then a lot more compassion and understanding about those types of businesses where people make reservations or make bookings people now do understand a lot more that it's just a you know just a simple phone call makes it goes a long long way
2: if you are coming around saturday night time i want more than seven out of ten by the way (laughs) Tom's new book, Real Life Recipes, is, is, is uh, available now in all good bookshops, of course, published by Bloomsbury. Uh, Absolutely. Good to see you, Tom, as always. And thanks for the Thank go, you for, very much. And thanks for a couple of cookies. Sir, no worries. You enjoy God, them. God, cup you. of tea this afternoon. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Jen. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The piece of paper I found in the studio mm. next door that said Dino, in big capital letters, followed by the words tomatoes, red squirrel, rhubarb, sangria, radishes, lobster, Little Red Riding Hood. Um, The obvious link, I guess, John told us this, was uh, they're all things that are red. Red, yeah. Um, But somebody else, uh, there were some other interesting choices. Um, Is it Dean's uh, list for his ACCA today at Catterick? (laughs) <laughs> it could it, well, it, and it's tomatoes from red squirrel red squirrel from rhubarb biggum sangrid radishes it's lobsters little red ride definitely yeah, could red be, could all be red. red that's could the could be red yeah. um, what else have we got other suggestions thank you for that Matthew it wasn't uh, his horses we don't think are they all things that Dean can do an impression of I don't think so I'll give you my lobster shall I here's my lobster <laughs> Look at that. I doubt <laughs> that's unlikely. Um, is it uh, Dean's list of descriptions for Alan's face colour? Alan Brazil. A bit, harsh, A bit harsh, says uh, Buck. <laughs> um, and uh, Dino's list. Is he doing panto this year? Is it his rider for the dressing room? So, there we are. That's uh, Paul the painter in Letchworth. And... Uh, well, we think we know the answer. It's the quiz they do on the breakfast show, says uh, Wayne. Yes, uh, and the number mm. of people have told. It probably was that. It's the, simply the best quiz on breakfast, but it was still an intriguing list. And thanks for all your guesses this afternoon.
1: Uh, yes, I, talking of tennis, I saw that Cameron Norrie beat uh, Benoit he's, Pair. He's doing
2: all right. Yeah, He beat
1: Benoit Pair in the first round, as Brucey would say, nothing for a pair. Not in this game. Not, <laughs> not in this game. So it'd be th- great if he been. That means you can't
2: that. go through to the next round. <laughs> on the Bruce imagine that Benoit Pair every time he's knocked out of a tournament he enacts the Bruce Forsyth rule it'd be a law wouldn't it the Bruce Forsyth not in this game and they say oh well we just
1: have to he's still in it you just get a bye every time that's a nice thought this was an interesting picture. A lot of the papers have got this today. A collie has been caught on camera after being rounded up by a sheep. It's a oh, wow. completely the wrong way round. And yeah. this new BBC show, One Man and His Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it could it be was, a format, yeah. yeah no doubt. Sheep don't normally do
2: that. Though. No, I, 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 I guess like, probably a bit of a one-off. I, I'd say it was a rogue. Yeah, <laughs> it could be <laughs> a rogue sheep.
1: Uh, anything else, Andy, you've yeah, noticed? It's the uh, Manchester Wing Fest. Uh, What's that? it's dedicated to a festival dedicated to chicken wings they are competition, so i'm basically claiming it's sport yeah was it was it against the clock or how many you can eat yeah both i should think uh, cooking demonstrations and games it says you, I'm not a fan of the chicken wing. I've never quite... Oh, I am. Are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. There's nothing of it, though, is there?
2: Really? I, just, I mean, I don't know. That's part of the joy, isn't it? You, is not Are it? Uh, in the uh, what Glenn Hodder would call the Henry VIII situation, <laughs> there is something about picking up a bone and gnawing on it, isn't there? Yeah, do, but do I'd rather just... have a leg
1: if you're going to do that.
2: Really? Do you ever? You've never. Do you ever take the kids to uh, Disneyland in the states? Did you ever go there? Yes, in Florida. Yes, well, have you we, no, that we, we odd... won a
1: competition. We went in uh, to. Uh, you won a competition. Yeah, in 1988. I won the Channel Four baseball competition. Wow. i Wow. Never have entered because I was actually working on Channel Four baseball. <laughs> Stuart's? <laughs> aye, aye. It was a long time ago. Now, you're going to cancel me. I don't, I gonna don't gonna think do? there's no statute of limitations <laughs> when it
2: comes to baseball competitions on Channel well, Four. Well, technically, so, I, like, I
1: didn't win it. Harry Lemon won it. My alter ego.
2: So, what about I'm when all... they? What about when they issued the tickets for the plane? They'd have to be for Harry Lemon. How'd you get through passport control? I
1: said I was representing Harry Lemon. I can't remember how I got round it. I've still got the letter. What at a chancer! So anyway, I'll bring the letter in and show you. So you won a
2: competition.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, for competition. To, Channel Four
2: baseball. Yeah,
1: it was to go to LA. Yeah, it was to watch the LA Dodgers. Yeah, and to meet this great baseball hero. Yeah, Ernie. Somebody, I can't remember his name now. But he never turned up. For some reason. (laughs) (laughs) He probably wanted to
2: meet Harry Lemon. He was disappointed he only met a representative of the Lemon family. So hang on, Mm. let's let's just drill down to this a little bit more. This question, you didn't set the question, did you? No,
1: no, no, no. I was watching baseball, and uh, the question came up.
2: Can you remember what the question was? Oh, I
1: can't. I no. absolutely can't. But I, knew a, lot. I knew a lot. It'd be seared in my considering the skullduggery you know? behind it.
2: <laughs> so, and then you, so you entered the competition, even though you were uh, working on the baseball coverage at Channel 4. I
1: think I was actually, you no, know, so technically I was working on the American football coverage, oh, okay. but, you know, I was all part okay. of the same family, really. So, But we you all, weren't, you company.
2: were working for a uh, production company. Yeah, you you production work, company. You yeah. weren't working for, Channel no. you weren't a Channel 4 employee. Oh, no. I think I could get you off. I think, I think if uh, if you want me to represent you, I think technically he didn't do anything wrong. Just the fact he was working for an ind- independent production company on a different sport was he? In- Why didn't you enter it under the name of Andy Jacobs then?
1: Because uh, I never did. I, I, I used to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was used to enter competitions under different names. I, I won. Did you really? Yes, I won a, a, a competition on Radio Caroline. <laughs> Keith, I won Keith Skew's parking tickets <laughs> as Virgil Jacobs. Why? Did, why did you always do it
2: under a pseudonym? I don't know. It's the way just it, didn't want. It's like ticking the no publicity. Yeah, I didn't
1: box. want the glory of winning it myself.
2: <laughs> I, I have no Talks idea. Talk to why a listener. Have you won anything more obscure than Keith Skews parking ticket yeah, on Radio Caroline? <laughs> um, did you? Is that was? Was that the first prize? I think so.
1: Yeah, I can't.
2: He didn't can't. have to pay it for Keith, did you? No. It, like it wasn't a scam. <laughs> yeah. No, I
1: mean, it wasn't a live I've got a feeling Keith. I don't know this because I don't remember it's it such a long time ago. But yeah. I've got a feeling Keith didn't want to pay it himself. I think that was his way of you know what well, to give it to you. So it well, became your to, problem. To offer it as a prize. Ah, but you know. I wouldn't swear to it. <laughs> okay. Well look, if
2: if you've won anything uh, maybe less glamorable, yeah. our old mate Stuart Pierce would say than that, uh, do let us know. And in what circumstances. Uh talksport.com <laughs> text eight ten eighty nine tweet TSH <laughs> and J. And if you work in compliance at any level, um let's get the legal position on what Andy did. <laughs> I I mean any lawyers listening uh, <laughs> it was this afternoon my time. clear this. No, well, I think things were still illegal in those days. It's <laughs> not think illegal, is it? No, I Is mean, it, it was, was it winning a prize under false pretences? You called yourself something else.
1: Yeah, I suppose
2: so. No, I, I mean, like, as I said, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to back you to well, an extent. You know, I'm, not, I'm not giving the money to back. It's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even, they don't gets even a cover bill, baseball It's a bill anymore. from channel 4. That would <laughs> be fantastic. See? And he is the gift that keeps on giving. I've known this bloke for over 20 years and he comes up with stories. I've kn- Yes, we it's know. We all know he that. went out with one of his granddad's girlfriends. We all know that. He's told that story a few times. But yeah, he did by the way. He just yeah, joined. Was. us. He really did. Yeah. Um so yeah,
1: um if you was f- too young for him and too old for me, let's be honest. Well, <laughs> a lovely old country song that was. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> talksport.com <laughs> It's true he did
2: yeah, I know it's hard know. to believe yeah. isn't it um, Talksport.com Text 81089 Tweet TSA Talk to your
1: granddad so Did you see that story yesterday? The story was A granddad tries McDonald's cheeseburger for the first time I was thinking how is that a story in a national paper it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. oh and his next one he's got his eye on a spicy Spanish stack oh great news <laughs> <That's spicy.
2: laughs> Robert's been in touch my kids are still crying now that we came second and got a sticker <laughs> yeah. whereas Harry Lemon and his family won their trip to Disneyland <laughs> see there's people hurting out there yeah, Andy I'm who've not forgotten it so uh, look out for that when Harry Lemon's the winner <laughs> <laughs> it's going to Shay Jacobs uh, TalkSport.com text eight ten eighty nine tweet h and J. We're looking for something uh less interesting to win in, in a quiz than um Keith Skews, the former Radio <laughs> Caroline DJ's parking ticket that it seems he was trying to get off of, so then send it to Andy as a prize. Was there a question involved or was it just do you want it? Actually, now I think of it, it might have been Ed Stewpot stewart Oh, okay, fantastic. Well, great mention for... Uh, so it's all
1: a bit hazy, you know, it's
2: a long time yeah. ago. That's oh, why yeah. the, the Jacobs
1: autobiography will be a difficult... be a difficult oh, Absolutely no chance. Yeah. My wife says to me, why don't you write a book? You know, you've had quite an interesting life. So I can't remember any of it. <laughs> that's, that's probably the reason, really. It's, it wouldn't... And I, nobody would want to read trying it. Eke apart it. from that... Trying to eke it out of you. Because you'd go... You'd
2: kind of get the first print out, <laughs> and uh, all the papers would go with the Keyskew's parking ticket story. And then he'd be in... Actually, I think it might have been Ed Stewpot (laughs) Stewart. And then, if basically you've printed 100,000 of them, or maybe a slightly more limited print one. Uh, I won Brian Clough's record single, It's Only a Game, on Radio West Midlands in Birmingham in the Golden Goal competition. It wasn't very good, says Noel in Birmingham. <laughs> but I, I, I'd rather win that than Ed Stewpot stewart slash Keith's parking, parking, ticket. parking ticket that he's expecting you to sell. Um, so there we are. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. What's it like to be bowled out for nine? Maybe we'll never know because the team that were bowled out for nine <laughs> didn't want to dwell on it I know, it's uh, fair for enough, too really. long, which I can understand. Yeah. Uh, Elverston Cricket Club fours were beaten by uh, Risley twos. So there is yeah. a. We can already see yeah, why maybe this yeah. this happened. Uh, let's have a chat with the captain of uh, the Risley 2nd Eleven, Dane Harbour. Hi, you, Dane. Hi, all right? Good, yeah, thanks. good. Thanks. So, what was the makeup of their team? Was you, I mean, was it was it a mixture of, sort of kids and, and old men? What was the setup?
5: Uh, it was uh, yeah a bit of a mix. Probably a couple more juniors and a couple of sort of. Mid-age guys, yeah, it was, yeah. It was probably a de- more of a development team for sure. Right.
2: So you you, you went there mm. expecting twos v fours. You went there expecting to be the stronger team. I take it. Um,
5: possibly a little bit. I mean, a lot of the guys have been on holiday and that. So for us, um, it's just getting back into the swing of things for a few of us, and uh, just going out, basically, mm. just going there and playing it as if we were playing another team, really, and just do the business. Yeah. Yeah. And in the
1: same division as you. Yes. Right, yeah, so not not normally yeah. that sort of disparity. Have you ever had a sort of overwhelming victory like this before?
5: Uh, not while well I've been playing, no. Uh, never never been, been part of anything quite like that.
1: No. How were they reacting? Were they were they laughing by the end of it, or were they really really um, upset?
5: No, they, they were all right. They took it in good spirit. I mean, we we played the game, and once we were done, uh, we um, a couple of the lads and that we went round and offered to have like a bit of a like a ten ten knockabout. Yeah. And um, nice. we yeah. just had a bit of a second game with them and they, 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 their younger lads seemed to really enjoy it and they had a good laugh about it no one seemed disheartened by it at all in the end I'd say I'd call it a beer match if they were old enough to drink beer but did they uh, <laughs> what, uh, did they win that one I heard reports that the one. is that not true Uh no, they didn't. But it was a much closer game. To right. be honest, that was. <laughs> the no. pressure was off. So
1: according to the yeah, paper, yeah. they, they uh, she, Sam Blake said, openers did their job. Two off twenty-five knocked the shine off the ball. You've got to blame the middle order, he said. But I mean, is that right? So after twenty-five balls, they were sort of two for naught. Uh,
5: probably something like that. Yeah, they, yeah. there was this, the, there was the one one off the sort of the edge of the bat that went through the only gap really, and that that was that was it really.
1: Yeah. Who who took the wickets?
5: uh one of our uh our our openers did most of the damage uh uh andy alford he took i think was it four for four (laughs) it's good figures Uh, yeah he was the expensive one of the day he went he came the runs came off the bat and i think it was the uh was it four or four for three but yeah and dan johnson uh did the other the other end um great opening spell by both the lads and then uh just brought the spinners on to See what happened, really. Have you you got
2: an honours board there at Risley? Uh, Dane, you're going to put... Will they be up on the honours board?
5: Uh, I'm sure there'll be something going up at the club uh, with what happened, yeah. Yeah.
1: Could you blame the pitch uh, at all? Yeah.
5: No, there's there's nothing wrong with the pitch. I I, I don't really know how to... Not a game you ever walk into and think you're going to blow a team away for something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were really happy earlier on in the season. We bowled a team out for 69. I thought that was impressive. So <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, more normal, I'd say. Where yeah.
2: do you bat then,
1: uh, Dane? When do you come in normally?
5: Uh, I usually come in about five. Okay, so you didn't get a look in this you, game, I'll tell you. Did you, you no, use I your don't. normal
1: openers or did you sort of put number at 10 and 11
5: so pretty, in? No, no. Usual, you're sort of pretty much the usual openers. Play hard. Um, <laughs> on, you know, I, won't, I know it's, at the end of the day it's still league cricket and, yeah. uh, you know, I'll make the rest. I mean, I probably put, I don't know, number 11 went in at three. Uh, just, but yeah, openers did their business and that was it. So you knocked
2: it. I mean, I wonder if, when, when you, you know, when you your reply started, were any of their boys saying, was the sip saying, come on lad, you never know, get an early one. <laughs> <laughs> we might just, uh, it was never going to happen were, for them.
5: They were keen for it, to be fair. They were, they were opening bowler uh, hmm. from the first end. Looked really good, really sharp, and he went for the the one run off his over. So yeah, he, he yeah, looked well.
1: good. That's cricket, I suppose. Well, we want to happen. make Elveston yeah. feel better
2: uh, this afternoon. This has come from Gucci, who says I was part of a Blackheath fours team that were all out for seven, four of which were off my foot. <laughs> so it's maybe not as rare an occurrence uh, as you think. So, but nice one, Dan. Good to talk to you. Congratulations on a on a fine victory, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. No, thank you. There we are. Dane Harper there, the captain mm. of Risley Cricket Club, second 11, who uh, bowled a team out for nine.
1: Just a nice bit of uh, factual matter from Jack Williams. This is the end of this article about the, the game. Yeah. He says, uh, he's the author of A Cultural and Social History of the Interwar Years in Cricket. There were 60 occasions in 1927 alone where whole village teams have been dismissed without scoring a run. Yeah, So it was quite common at one point uh, I think according to Wisden there, Yes
2: um, There was a Hewish and Langport Got zero When they played Glastonbury in two. Sorry, 1913 Oh wow How about that And then the other one was Goldsborough seconds Bowled out for five By Dishforth In a Yorkshire Village match But getting out for nothing is it? That takes some doing, actually. Really, <laughs> really, really must leather jackets all round. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> it was nineteen thirteen. Who was wearing a? Le- anyway, oh, yeah, I remember it well. It's um. It's not like, you, not like they entered the competition <laughs> when they actually worked for the same company. No one would do a thing like that. <laughs> Um, Yes, uh, my friend Trevor won an advanced bike course in Wales, says Dave. Uh, He didn't want to do it, so I went and had to be him for a couple of days, which was a bit awkward because every time someone Mm. said, well done, Trevor, I wouldn't look (laughs) round. Um, I got a gold pass, but it's got his name on it, but I've still kept the badge. So we were looking for, Andy once won a um, parking ticket from a a DJ, uh, either Keith Skews or Ed Stewpot Stewart, don't ask. Uh, Either one of those giants (laughs) in their day, of course, of radio, quite rightly. Uh, And he won their parking ticket. We were looking for prizes maybe less glamorous than that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We want to make um, Elverston, the cricket club, feel a bit better, Andy, because oh, yeah. they were all out for nine. We've already got a team out for seven. Uh, Buckton, all out for two last year with no runs off the bat. A game <laughs> I thoroughly right. hated but laugh about now, says Matt in Buckman. Yeah. My school, bead Comprehensive in Sunderland, went to Barnard Castle School in the Durham County Schools Cricket Cup and were 11 all out. I scored one. Rory Underwood and Rob Andrew were in their team. So, obviously, yeah. good hand rugby, <laughs> (laughs) Um, Coordination Uh, John from Bedford says In line with Andy's um, parking ticket From uh, Ed Stewart slash Keith Skews uh, I won a year's supply of cat food In a magazine competition I don't have a cat (laughs) Well the question is John Why did you enter it in the first place Maybe the first prize was a car I don't know Uh, Early 90s says uh, G in Falkirk We won Sky TV And we lived on the Isle of Sky One of the first families to have more than four channels was the coolest
1: kid in school for a short while. That's very impressive. Beautiful. Thank you very much, G but some lovely I've uh, been collecting some lovely tabloid thesauruses. This is oh, where yes. uh, a tabloid newspaper wants to r- repeat the word but they can't because they've mentioned it in the first sentence. So here we this one is about a gardener who's grown the world's longest cucumber taller than the average 5-year-old which is impressive. Wow. Uh, what a strange point of reference that is. <laughs> no. And there's enough of the
2: gargantuan green gargantuan <laughs> green yeah because you can't re- you can't repeat in tabloides
1: yeah. Uh, the uh, the word That's uh, right. drinking two or more cups a day staves off an early death. What's this tea? Yeah, oh yeah, a study you reveals. You didn't say tea. Could have no, been drinking two or more cups
2: of tea a day. But you never said that. You said you said drinking two or more cups. Cups of what? Hemlock. <laughs>
1: I mean, we don't know what you're drinking, do we? Don't do that, by the way, kids. <laughs> Just say uh, no. Yeah, no, don't. Mm. Uh, drinking two or more cups of tea a day oh, staves yeah. off an early death, the study reveals. The regular daily brew-ups. Yeah, okay, yeah, that one's a bit more manageable, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and here's a simple one. A veg-growing bro- veg champion has broken the record for the most tomatoes on a single plant nice. after harvesting... Five thousand eight hundred and ninety-one, which is a lot of tomatoes. I think we will all agree. Well, it certainly is. Uh, it's a. It was a huge haul of red and green fruit. Of course, it was. <laughs>
2: Thank you for those, Andy. Thank you. Uh, I won an air brick from Timmy Mallet <laughs> on a radio station in Manchester really? in the eighties. I even got my brother to take me into Manchester to pick it up from reception. You put anything on offer, people yeah. will try and win it as you have proven That's today. That's true. Thank you for all of those. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Transfer deadline. a very different show. We'll kind of whip ourselves into a transfer frenzy. We'll hear from agents and all of our we'll go, stringers yes, around we'll the country. We'll go
1: around the country. We'll go around
2: Europe. Yeah, well, we, honestly, it'll be nice. one of them. Yeah. So do hope you can join us from one, especially if your club's having to do a, biz- a bit of business. No birthday spread tomorrow with Charlie away. We're having a taking a, a deep breath. Allowing yeah. everybody to regroup, but it transfers all the way tomorrow from 1. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more